0: Proclaim liberty throughout all the land unto all the inhabitants thereof. And a big apology, not sure what is going on with our uh, computers and technology here, folks. But we do have a special guest in, and I want to get to him right away. There, that sounds a little bit better. Uh, we got uh, this manager of the city government of Altoona, Pennsylvania, Ken Decker. Good morning, Ken. Good morning, John. Hey, happy to have you here. And again, I apologize to Ken and everybody about our uh, delayed opening here, uh, some technical issues. Uh, the crew's working on it, ladies and gentlemen. But let's get right to Ken Decker, because uh, a lot happens in your world, in city government. And uh, when is it that you joined up? Because uh, I remember Marla Marsenko... Not that long ago was uh, leaving, and when did you take over, Ken?
1: Uh, December of 2019
0: is when I started the job. Okay, uh, December of 2019. Yes, so about 14 months ago. <laughs> with uh, COVID, it seems
1: more like 14 years ago. But yeah, it was see a- now,
0: that's another thing. And our uh, our uh, owner of this station took over a little a couple months before that, and you know you think there you think there's everything. Uh, that can happen, you're kind of ready for it, then completely out of the blue, nobody's ever seen the likes of this. But what's, what's your background, Ken, if you don't mind me asking?
1: Well, uh, I'm a Montana native, so I'm a long way from uh, my home in the Rockies. Uh, A Navy veteran, um, went to University of Gonzaga, so we share a little bit of a common background there, I guess, in a a way of speaking.
0: That Catholic thing.
1: Yeah, that Catholic thing. Um, uh, For 25 years, I worked and lived in Maryland, where my my wife is a a native of uh, what they call the Free State. And... um, I've been a city and county manager for about 20 years, took the job in Altoona in um, late 2019 after my wife and I took a year and a half off to travel and you know just take a sabbatical. So that's what brought me to your doorstep.
0: So as the uh, manager of the city operation, so you're, you're part and parcel of what happens with police, fire, and the... The uh, what do they call them, non-uniform employees? Well, the public works, the the people who do the hard work, plowing snow
1: on a day like today, that that repair roads, and then we have you know the support departments like IT, which has to deal with what's happening in your studio today. Oh, could you send them over, please? <laughs> yeah, they're uh, they'll, they'll well, we can have them here in minutes. But uh, but but really, just because of of. Uh, there's a few things unusual about Altoona. One is is that water and sewer was basically you know, structured under a separate authority. That's traditionally sort of a part of c- city government. Um, we also have a parking authority. So we have these, these uh, entities that were chartered by the city years ago. But, but really what it boils down to, if you look at our budget, is we mostly p- provide police, fire, and street services.
0: So my next question is, uh, when you came here and you've been on the job 14 months now, what what do you assess as the general strengths and the weaknesses of the government operations in Altoona?
1: Well, I, I think Altoona, because I grew up in a mill town in Montana where the mill had failed, uh, in a mining town where the mines were shut down. Uh, so I sort of understand what it's like to, to have a community that goes through tough times. But I've really been impressed by the resilience and the grittiness of the Altoona community. I mean uh, – Going from eighty thousand in the twenties to where we are now, which is a bit over forty thousand in population, so I think the city government re- reflects that sort of tough survivor mentality that the city has. Um, but but it's two sides of the same coin. Uh, the challenge is uh, the weakness of the city is is that um, we're 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 a city that once housed over eighty thousand. Tax-paying residents, and uh, we're trying to provide the same level of services. But uh, over the past several decades, the tax base has declined, and it's it's uh, it's a, a city that faces some financial challenges.
0: And how did you describe your job earlier when we were talking off air? Oh, uh, d- 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 the disseminator of equal unhappiness, or the something? equitable distributor of unhappiness?
1: Because <laughs> oh. no matter what the city manager does, every decision I make. Uh, on a day-to-day basis is going to bother, annoy, or uh, get somebody mad. So what we try to do is uh, every every taxpayer of Altoona deserves the same high level of service. Uh, and we know people come in and they're mad about something the federal or state government has done. And, and I certainly can't blame them for that. We're just... The level of government that people can yell at without without Secret Service jumping out of the bushes and taking them away. So so we get a good bit a uh, good bit of that. But yeah, my job is just to try to make sure that as a, as an as an organization, whether it's uh, whatever a citizen needs, that they get a return call. If if we can't if we can't give them a positive answer, that we at least give them a negative response, but in the most positive way possible. And.
0: That I mean to me, that's the beauty of a local government and even the school boards. Is uh, folks, you can go approach your city councilman. You can go approach your school board. You know where they live. You know where they meet. You can attend the meetings. If you want to get something done at the at the county level, much more difficult and uh, but if but nearly impossible at the state level and absolutely impossible at the federal level. I mean, uh, your local government is really. The one place you can have some input and you get these uh, get the recognition, and if you don't get the answer you're looking for, at least you get an answer, and you can uh, you can adjust accordingly. Yeah,
1: when when you live in a smaller community, people figure out who you are, and and. Uh, uh, I, I, I hope to have a chance to go out to dinner more with my wife. But once you get settled in, it's hard to sit in a public place when people know who you are, not come up to your table and say, oh, what about this alley behind my house? I mean, and I've been I've been uh, approached in in. In local stores, in restaurants, in the men's room, people have just said, hey, you know, oh, there's the manager. I'm going to give him a piece of my mind. So and I think that's that just is part of the territory. But I think one of the great things is that in terms of representative government, when you have direct access to people, I think it works better. It's it's, I guess, easier to raise taxes if you never see the people who pay the taxes. But if you're in line in Walmart and have people on both sides of you that know who you are and and know what you did, it's a little tougher to dodge that one. Hmm.
0: Well, uh, let's, let's talk a little bit for a moment about efficiencies, because you mentioned these authorities that operate, the Water Authority, the Parking Authority, and I assume there's numerous others. Are they, in your view, uh, the most efficient way to, uh, to handle things, or is it just the way they came into being that uh, they are accommodated?
1: Well I think I think it's a case by case situation but efficiency really comes down to to leadership I think I think the structure good people can transcend structure not very good people doesn't matter what structure you put them in so I think if you have uh, an authority and you have Uh, an engaged board and you have an excellent director, I think you can get a high level of efficiency in service. It's always a challenge and in no small part because, because, uh, and I know you're a former state representative or legislator, state
0: government makes- Former being the operative (laughs) word there. uh,
1: State government and the federal government makes efficiency really hard because when we, the way we would like to provide services is often just not allowed by the, you know, some very prescriptive state rules. So, uh, but I think if you, if you have good people, you turn them loose, you do a good job. And, and to the extent possible, you, you work around the state rules, you know, you try to be as efficient as possible.
0: You know, it's amazing you mentioned how overreaching our state is, uh, our state government, when it comes to the operation of local government. But I remember a number of hearings, we would have the Municipal League or other representatives of uh, of cities and municipalities come before the, our state government committee. And I was always ask them, uh, on net, do you get more benefit or more cost from state mm-hmm. government? And uniformly, the answer was more cost. Uh, yeah, there's no
1: no doubt about that. And, and it's been a shock to me moving to Pennsylvania because in my previous jobs, we didn't have like class cities where a third class city had this voluminous rule book handed down by the state saying, this is how you have to operate your local government. And if if you want local governments to be the laboratories of democracy where people experiment and try different things, that's impossible if everything is dictated by a big state rule book.
0: Folks, we're talking with the manager of the city government of Altoona, Mr. Ken Decker. You want to get a question into Mr. Decker, give us a call. 814 946 0435. Still operating with some technical challenges here, but Ken's going to be with us till the bottom of the hour, so hang on board. We'll be right back. Talk Radio 985 WRTA. Well, I thought we had a bumper ready to go, but I was mistaken. Oh, what a challenge. Uh, Folks, we're talking with Ken Decker, uh, who faces far more challenges than these technical issues that I'm dealing with here today, but he's the manager of uh, the city government of Altoona, and uh, we sort of looked at the strengths and weaknesses, uh, Ken, and I'm curious what what do you think is going to develop in twenty twenty one and beyond? Because we're still dealing with the effects of COVID, and uh, I don't know how that's af- how much that's affected revenues for the city, but obviously mostly negative. I would guess, right?
1: Yeah, I think we're expecting to take a hit in revenues, and uh, I know that you're uh, a doctorate in economics. Uh, I am not, and uh, I I honestly. Don't know what to make of the current economy where stock prices are through the roof. But uh, uh, I am concerned that at some point that the federal government printing trillions of dollars is going – those chickens may come home to roost. And
0: I thought you said you weren't an economist. But you, I'm, you, not,
1: I'm not. I'm not.
0: <laughs> I think you are. If you understand that printing money is not a solution to economic issues, you're a good economist. Well, the, the – uh, uh, one of my favorite quotes about economics
1: is that uh, people respond to incentives all else is commentary there so I go. thought that was a pretty good definition
0: Very 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 well said but uh, again back to the city what you know what what are your immediate concerns I should ask Well I think one of our priorities is is that that this year our collective bargaining,
1: agreements uh, are up for all three bargaining units, police, fire, and the non-uniform employees. So so that's always for any uh, city, particularly in Pennsylvania, that's a big thing because what happens in those uh, negotiations really set the financial course for the future because most of our costs are personnel-related costs. We're a, we're a people business in, in providing services. So So 2021 for us is going to be – we have the revenue challenges of the impact that businesses have faced due to the economic shutdowns. So we expect the numbers to be softer this year. Um, And we just have the usual challenges of dealing with issues like uh, blight in neighborhoods, um, trying to – support economic development initiatives for, for businesses to move in. What, what we're hoping is, is that, because really we depend on people who have jobs and businesses that, that create jobs, um, our, our fate rests in no small measure on what happens in the private sector. So, so we're, we're hoping that with vaccinations and everything else that's rolling out, that the economy will heat up, particularly in the second half of the year, and that, that we won't lose many businesses.
0: So uh, you mentioned those contracts, and I guess they can be three-year contracts or longer. And the the, the trick there is they're so inflexible. So you're kind of committing to something, and yet there are variables that are out of your control. Sure. In, in the state of Pennsylvania, it,
1: it's really very much dictated by state rules in terms of what happens uh, and what can and can't be done. And, uh, and, for example, I didn't know this when I came here, is that if— Whatever the local law laws are, uh, the collective bargaining agreement trumps that. I mean that – the so if there's a, an agreement reached – and with uh, public safety unions, um, if an, an agreement can't be reached, it goes to binding arbitration. And that means instead of the decision being made by either the participants, it goes to a panel that says, OK, well, this is – these are the pay increases that you have to give. These are the benefits you have to provide. And um, – those arbiters don't live in Altoona or pay Altoona taxes. They just, they just get to dictate the terms of that agreement. So I think we always want to sit down with people, try to come up with agreements. The best agreements are the ones that both sides walk away from and that would do again. I mean, I think, I think you try to achieve that, but um, uh, mm. we'll, we'll go in and we'll, we'll try to, to do the best we can within the rules of the process that are given to us. And, um, and hopefully it's a positive outcome for everyone, including the
0: community. You know, I, I thought an interesting situation occurred a, a few weeks ago, and uh, I, all I got was from what I read in the paper. And I, I, my own view is, Bill Kibler did an amazing job with this situation because you had Pat Miller, who heads up the firemen's union, I believe, come into city council and complain uh, that you're not getting enough COVID dollars. That Logan Township got six hundred thousand, so the city should have got a million or more, and uh, you got somewhat uh, less. And uh, the uh, city council was saying, well, you know, the COVID rules are you can only ask for COVID-related expenses in reimbursement. And how Logan Township got $600,000 out of your purview. But but, uh, Bill Kibler followed up with going to the federal website, which was contradictory because up front it says you can only get reimbursement for the uh, the direct COVID expenses. But then later it said, but go ahead and apply for more and you'll probably get it or so- something like that. I'm paraphrasing here. But what, what was your take on that situation? Well, first, and I think I agree that Bill did a great job of trying to unpack
1: a pretty dense issue. But uh, the, the what I think got missed was is that the mayor and council when they when when this sort of unfolded they said there have been there been entities like AMED, the the regional ambulance provider, that have been devastated by COVID and they, they have had huge financial losses. Last year, we we had a little bit of revenue loss, but not much. So the mayor and council said, hey, let's make sure if there's CARES money available, it goes to the people who've actually been hurt by it. Small businesses, you know, independent individuals, and, uh, and places like AMED or CBRC, which is the, the, the regional recreation group that provides park maintenance and programs. So-, so I think the general sense was, as opposed to just applying for money for the sake of having money, we shouldn't do that. The second layer of that is if, federal rules are often contradictory, and these were written in a hurry. But but the way I read them, and I think the way the, the city council and the city solicitor settled down on this was, if you read in the front, it says, if you budgeted for something in in the coming or in the year, you can't get covid money to pay for something you're already planning to pay for yourself so so yeah there's a, there's a footnote in there saying that we're gonna assume that certain public safety employees are, are Covid-related expenses, but if you look back in the in the in the front of the regulation, it says you can't use federal money to pay for an expense that you thought was coming. So, uh, and again, not to criticize Logan Township, I mean they made their decision, the county made their decision, but in terms of how we approached it, um, and and one more thing for the for the for the benefit of an economist sitting across the table from me. Never spend one-time money on an ongoing expense. So if 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 you get a grant in, spend it on something that doesn't need to be where it's not going to require further investment. If you if you if you back into enough money to make the down payment on a car, great. But you need to think about where those other car payments are going to come from. So so even if we did end up with CARES money, we wouldn't have spent it on ongoing expenses. And personnel are always an ongoing expense.
0: Well, Exhibit A of that was Pennsylvania in 2009 and 10 when it got the, the, uh, the checks for the shovel-ready jobs. You know, we're coming out of that 2008 recession and the federal government sending out this money. And uh, Governor Rendell at the time... Gave the money to school districts, and many of them put that money into operational expenses, which was intended for capital uh, purchases, one-time expenses. And then, when Governor Rondell left the office after 2010, the next governor Corbett, he stuck with trying to make up for that difference. And. Uh, Blame for cutting uh, education expenses and every other evil thing. When it was really Ed Rendell who had cut the state allocation to education and used the federal one-time funds to cover over. A little lesson in history there. Uh, you got a you got a messy state. You're dealing with. Here, well, be, Ken.
1: beware of state or federal agencies bearing gifts.
0: Uh, this is a wise man folks Ken we, we gotta we're out of time but I hope we can have you back a, another time and uh, we can talk beyond the city because in our, our conversation off air as well as on I, I, you you are a very engaging person and knowledgeable and have uh, some interesting things to say so we'll have you back okay thanks very much John
1: good luck with the technology and have a great morning
0: I apologize again for that Ken thanks so much.